Hey there, this is Siddharth Rajshikar and I want to welcome you to the Business Impact Podcast. The podcast for those who want to create a dent in the universe by leveraging the power of entrepreneurship and building businesses with a higher purpose. Here's where we dive into the lives of successful entrepreneurs and learn from them lessons on innovative thinking, personal productivity, overcoming challenges, getting stuff done and more importantly, getting ready for the future. I'm glad you're here and once again, strap onto your seatbelts while we dive into yet another inspiring story that can change the course of your life. There are many entrepreneurs that I've met in my journey of entrepreneurship over the years and only a few have created a lasting impact or impression on me. One of them is uh, Dave Rogers who I've interviewed in today's podcast. Dave has trained over 150,000 people in 43 countries across the world. and he's a recipient of the spirit of enterprise award in singapore in fact he's worked with uh, many governments like the singapore government the united nations of india as well as the minister of finance of the central bank of indonesia and he has this unique ability to bring out the essence from an entrepreneur which is why i wanted to interview him and understand the process so in this interview you're going to be getting a lot of insights on what does it really take to be successful as an entrepreneur what are the building blocks or the step by step uh, you know cycles of entrepreneurship as well as some of the other fun stuff on how dave has been able to inculcate spirituality as well as uh, you know mindset coaching into the whole journey of entrepreneurship through what he calls as the soul journey adventures which he's been running since the year 2005 Uh, Dave is also in this uh, big mission to re-educate kids in Malaysia. He's working with a lot of children and preparing them for the for the world for of tomorrow. So this is going to be an absolutely power-packed uh, interview, which I would like all of you to have a notepad, pen, and paper ready and take notes till the end. Uh, High-value information from a top-notch entrepreneur, Dave Rogers. Let's dive straight in. Okay, yeah. So, welcome to the next episode of the Business Impact Podcast. Today, I have someone very, very special here. Somebody who's trained over one hundred and fifty thousand people in forty-three countries and five continents globally, an internationally certified master coach and master in neurolinguistic programming (NLP). He's also the recipient of the Spirit of Enterprise Award in Singapore, and has worked in the public and private policy with many governments, like specifically the Singapore government, uh, United Nations, India. as well as uh, with the minister of finance of central bank of indonesia uh, it's a, it's an honor and privilege to have on board uh, dave rogers thank you so much uh, dave for taking out time and i'm really excited about today's interview thanks for being here well it's a, it's a great pleasure to be with you and uh, it's been fantastic watching you on your journey over the last couple of years and hopefully we can delve into some of the the wonderful things that uh, you're doing and also uh, find ways that our listeners today can also get excited about the opportunities to collaborate to connect and to co-create uh, possibilities absolutely that's awesome thank you so much uh, dave for that So normally in any interview that I do uh, I normally start off with a story because I understand that uh, you've achieved so many milestones uh, ever since you got on the journey of entrepreneurship and you've been doing things very different from many other speakers and coaches that I've seen you've incorporated various elements to the whole education uh, and you know bringing out the best out of entrepreneurs uh, but I want to go back to your story to understand uh, what was your background like what were the struggles that you went through uh, for you to be on this path 
Well, actually, the, the struggles continue. That's what's beautiful about entrepreneurship <laughs> mm-hmm. is that once you think you've got the answer, then, then uh, this wonderful thing called the economy or competition mm. or ego hits you. So yes. <laughs> this is a beautiful thing about entrepreneurship. It keeps you very present. It mm. keeps you humble and it keeps you looking to learn and apply new ways of being, doing and experiencing not only business yet life. So I love entrepreneurship and I've been doing it since I was young, young, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old in Canada, Mm. Uh, always looking for ways to to make an extra money, uh, to be able to buy things I wanted to buy or take holidays I wanted to take. So I I delivered newspapers. I made investments in stocks at uh, 13 years old. Mm. I took courses at 15, 16, 17 years old, bought my first property when I was uh, in 21 years old. So constantly looking for ways to to make money, to uh, invest money, and to have fun um, Mm. being an entrepreneur. That's amazing. (laughs) And then I decided, of course, to go into school. And I I did go and I took a traditional education and got an undergrad in economics and business and then a master's degree, which included an element of of internship, of also traveling from Canada to Japan. And that's where my life really changed when, when I went as a student to Japan. Okay. Okay. Interesting. A, a quick question was, uh, your, I mean, your, your parents, do they come from an entrepreneurial background or were you, are you a first gen entrepreneur starting with you? Uh, both of my parents would be people who had jobs. Uh, mm. They actually met at uh, the post office in Ontario in Toronto, Canada. Okay. And so they got married very young. Mm. And they had me when they were in their early 20s. So my parents were actually quite young, yet they got very involved in both my sports and in my, my business interests uh, mm. starting very young. I remember even my father driving me around at, at 5.30 or 6 in the morning delivering newspapers because mm. at that time I, I delivered a newspaper that was delivered at 6 in the morning in Canada. Wow. And sometimes when it snowed, he would actually help me deliver those papers. <laughs> wow. Wow. Amazing. Uh, what were the trigger points? Like if you take yourself back to when you were nine years old uh, and you know, what made you decide to do something on your own? Was it something right from the beginning, uh, a nature in you or did anything influence you? Did somebody influence you or some book or just curious? Uh, well, it is, it is interesting because if I do go back, it was, it was more of, of interest of, of just making some money again, having mm. an, a little bit of my own money. I know, I, I know I, uh, one of the first things I ever bought of significance was buying my first bicycle, for instance, mm. where, uh, my parents were quite in, in uh, creative and also inspiring from a perspective of, of they said almost anything I could buy if I wanted to buy it, they would pay for half. Okay. So my first bike, I think, was $120. So I put $60 in, they put $60 in, and I got myself a, a new three-speed bicycle. Mm. Uh, I, I do remember the first workshop I went to because it's quite funny. I went to in my early 20s, and it was a gentleman called Raymond Aaron, which mm. uh, it's been interesting because I've, I've had an opportunity to meet Raymond, not only in Singapore, but I also met him when I visited the Transformational Leadership Council with uh, Jack Canfield and a number of the top speakers, Marianne Williamson, yes, um, and a number of the people that uh, are part of the TLC in America. Uh, mm. Raymond represents Canada in that organization. So I, I've known him for over uh, 30 years. Wow, wow. That's uh, it's like coming a full circle, you know, attending his workshops and then, uh, you know, being a part of the same uh, you know, circle of influence. That's amazing. 
It's interesting because, again, I see you've been doing that also. It's really great that some people you really admire, yet then when you meet them, you can actually potentially become their business partner or collaborator. And, and it's just so, so exciting. I, that's part of a business uh, that I'm finding very exciting these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can totally relate to that. Amazing. So uh, just, uh, you know, thinking about your different milestones, uh, you know, I'm sure you're, you're able to envision that in different phases of your life. So what have been the key defining moments in your life, which have uh, possibly given you more clarity and direction in the, you know, where you wanted to go in, in your journey as an entrepreneur? Can you think of any key okay, moments? Yes, absolutely. That's a great question, Sid. Mm. And I, think I would put reference uh, the I Ching, which is the book of changes from China. It's okay. about a 3,000-year-old book. And what okay. it does is it talks about cycles. And then also being someone who was a bond trader, a foreign exchange trader, a banker for almost 17 years, I've been interested in cycles. Mm. And seven-year cycles, eight-year cycles tend to reoccur for a human being. Mm. And so if you look at, if, when I look at my life and I see cycles of seven or eight years, they tend to be triggers of big changes. So mm. I know when I went to Japan for my first time, and I remember even crying for the first two days, feeling homesick. Mm. What, what am I doing? Why am I leaving my family? Why am I leaving my girlfriend at the time? And actually breaking barriers and, and, and hitting a low point, but it was almost a, a new door opening. So this belief of when one door shuts, another door opens. And so if you use a reference of seven or eight years that often these doors shut and open, it's quite fascinating. So going to Japan was definitely one big one. That happened mm -hmm. when I was about 21. Okay. And I ended up going there. Um, originally as a student, but then I decided I wanted to go back and I, I was very lucky to get the bank sponsored me to go back when I joined the bank. And I went there for 18 months and ended up staying there for about seven years. Wow. And again, that was a time where I, I developed my skills in in risk management. And mm. as I, I worked in bank, risk management was a key component. Yet in entrepreneurship, risk management is a real key component. <laughs> and so we take lessons of life and then we look to apply them and another big point in my life is when my son was born in mm. 2000 and that really shifted me from from being a banker and being interested in banking to really shift into the entrepreneur movement where it's really about working collaboratively with entrepreneurs because it's going to be entrepreneurs that are probably the solvers of the world's biggest issues right now mm, uh, whether it's the Economy, whether it's the ecology, whether it's education, whether it's wellness, it's often going to be entrepreneurs that make those huge changes. It, as, as we look around the world and we see the governments these days and politics these days, it probably isn't going to be too many politicians or governments that make these changes. True. It'll often be the entrepreneurs that, that move things forward. So that's been, again, a big distinction 2000 when I chose to leave finance and being a banker mm. and start investing in businesses, starting to be a, a participant in businesses, and often seeing some of these businesses go down, which, again, it, it's a heavy heart when you see a business you set up. And I, in 2008, which was, again, a big year, uh, I had a number of businesses that we closed down because of the financial crisis in Asia. And that, okay. uh, that was something that was very important. As an entrepreneur, you've got to know when to cut your losses. Mm. And that's something that if you do take investments and you take in debt, you're on, a, you're on a, a decision to either scale up and really grow, or if it doesn't work, close it and move on. 
Mm. And so that's something that I learned maybe the hard way, yet in many ways, that's what the entrepreneur journey is about. Awesome. Awesome. Amazing. So <laughs> does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Japan and 2000, when your son was born, 2008, uh, that's quite uh, interesting. You know, when I was reading up on your bio, uh, you had mentioned something about uh, an experience that you went through in Singapore in 2001, where you conquered your fears. Uh, I'm, I was curious to know more about it. What was that experience like? Absolutely. This was a fear of public speaking. Again, being a, a finance guy and actually a bond trader and a foreign exchange trader for, for almost seven years, I didn't have to go talk in front of people. I, I had all these screams around me and it was very much screaming and yelling and swearing and, <laughs> and getting the deal done and every day having to look at your P&L, every day having no excuses. You're just either you made money or you lost money. And so I didn't go out and speak and I found myself uh, in 2000, 2001, afraid of public speaking. Mm. And then I was asked to do some, and it was actually from a friend of yours, uh, our friends at Success Resources, yes. asked me to help introduce a guy called Anthony Robbins. Okay. And I actually stepped through my fear of public speaking because I thought it was so important that I wanted to become a voice for something. And I think this is one of the things that has really stayed with me as I learned to go through my fear of public speaking mm. was uh, I work with people to help them find their voice, especially entrepreneurs, because mm. well, it's one thing to lead a business, but then you've got to lead a team and then you've got to maybe be part of a movement. And then you've got to be, maybe have a voice for something bigger than you. And that's something that I notice on your journey right now where you're looking to empower thousands of, of people online with social media. Mm. Your voice has really come out in the last couple of years. And I, in many ways, I've been so, I, I don't hope it doesn't sound uh, egoistic yet. I'm so proud of you, the fact that you're doing what you're doing right now. Thank and that's you. one of the things Thanks. that I find inspiration in life is about being inspired perhaps with the people that you've met and that you actually get to know. Mm, amazing. I'm, I'm quite curious, uh, you know, how do you uh, bring out, do you have a process on how do you bring out uh, entrepreneurs? I mean, how do you bring out their voice in the most authentic way? Uh, you want to maybe walk through that process? I mean, how do you help uh, entrepreneurs find their voice? What's the starting point? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's, it's beautiful because I just start, I, it's beautiful because I've been going through the process since 2001, mm. first with myself, yet then the next seven years was really working with entrepreneurs in about 40 countries. Mm. And I, I've, re, I've revisited and I, I've re-engineered it and I, I'm really happy with it, where it is today because there is a process and I just started the process with a, a young lady who's interested in being an entrepreneur right now. Most of my focus in the last two years has been with women leaders. Mm. And working with women leaders, especially helping them find their, get their clarity, their focus, and their action strategy. So with this lady this weekend, it was really about her finding her unique ability. Mm. And in fact, her unique ability is that she is a phenomenal listener. In fact, one of the most astute listeners I think I've ever met. And I told her that, and it just made her feel so special. She almost broke down in tears because she never thought that her listening skills was a, a, a very fantastic skill. Yet her as, an, as a researcher, as a writer, as a, as a, a newspaper reporter, her listening skills are just so amazing. And so she, she left that meeting really with a new relationship with herself and her unique abilities. Mm. And so one of the things that I really look to do with people is assist them to get clarity on their unique abilities. And then they can start having conversations about it then okay. they can allow it to really start to grow. Then they can actually step into this, this essence of, of confidence and curiosity and 
courage to step through perhaps some of their cultural barriers, perhaps some of their fears, perhaps some of the things that they never thought they could do. And then they can dream. And that's when we really get into excitement. And so it's a process that is very respectfully done with the individual on their journey, on their path. And that's the part that there requires a little bit of cultural and also sensitivity to really listening to them. Mm. and fine-tuning some of their dreams and maybe even encouraging them to go back to their childhood when they started suppressing some of their dreams. Yes. And so many things with the people I'm working with, particularly in their 40s or 45, is to rekindling some of their passions. It might be for, for dance or for art or for singing, creativity that has been suppressed, that they, mm. a teacher told them they had no skill, a parent told them that they couldn't make any money doing that. And that's a part of, of the women coaching, especially the accountability coaching for women that I'm really enjoying as part of my particular journey at this time. Amazing, amazing. In fact, I can relate to exactly what you're saying because I remember you and Mike uh, coming down to Bangalore uh, doing the Rock Your Life event. And something happened to me at that event which really triggered out uh, you know, my passion for social media. And I think in the small little uh, contest that you had there, I think I, I won the contest that day, like the person who could present in the most uh, authentic way on, on, on that particular day. Uh, but something happened to me and I, I can totally relate to your method of, uh, you know, understanding what, you know, what the person is all about and bringing out that essence, uh, irrespective of, you know, what their backgrounds may be. And uh, it's, it's just, it's, um, it's an amazing. So all you listeners out there, uh, you know, Dave has this uh, unique ability to bring out the best in entrepreneurs. And, and I can see that I'm a, I'm a live example of somebody who's been through one of his training programs. Thank you so much for that, uh, Dave. You and Mike uh, really impacted my life on that Since, one day. I, I remember, I, re, I remember that because it was really you, you stepped up for Entrepreneur X Factor and, yes. and we assisted you in just getting that clarity. And, and when you got up there on stage and you got, through worrying about being too tall or too short or not mm. having all the answers. And you stepped into sharing a message that you really feel social media can help people. Mm. You were speaking as if you were channeling wonderful wisdom and information. And then, then you've gone on to, to go hunt out information and share it with more people and hunt out more information. And sh- so you're, you're putting aside your fears, you're putting aside your, your doubts and you're, you're, you're challenging and you're growing and you're sharing. And that's one of the reasons why I, when I watch you and I see what you're doing, I'm, I just, I'm sitting there smiling because you're, you're absolutely living it and you're, you're sharing it and you're making a difference to so many people. So well done. And, and yes, I do remember that day. And, and it's funny because we did follow up with you over the next several months and that, yes. and we looked for collaborations yet at that time, it just wasn't right. And that's what divine timing is also part of this. True, true. So when I'm working with people, I'm not going to force them. If, if, if they've got other priorities or other key things that are doing in their life, it's, 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 it's that respect yet. It's also assisting the person with the clarity, the focus, the action plan. Mm. And this is the beautiful thing about having a cycle theory is one of the, the tools that I use when I'm coaching people mm. is that there is different cycles that different people are going through. And, and I, I, that's a part that, that is a lot of fun also to, to almost have a, a mystery unfolding. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Thank you uh, for that, Dave. In fact, now talking about cycles, uh, I think one of the tools that really impacted me a lot was uh, something which Mac introduced me to, which is the Wealth Dynamics uh, by you know, Robert J. Hamilton. And I'm sure you've done a lot of uh, research on this going back to the Chinese uh, you know, philosophy. So when I did the Wealth Dynamics test, when I understood my, my flow was more uh, you know, of a mechanic, I fall under the mechanic category and I started to align myself more 
to doing uh, you know those kind of activities even as a business i i could see a huge difference in my productivity in in my peace you know satisfaction of work and many other things so would you like to dive into uh you know the whole entrepreneur cycles and if there are other angles to it because i'm sure many entrepreneurs or any many people listening now may not even know uh the whole concept of wealth dynamics or getting into the flow so over to you yeah well sure see this is what's really beautiful is that i as one of my first ventures into entrepreneurship i i funded the uh, wealth dynamics and it's mm. funny it's like i was the co-founder of the wealth dynamics institute so for 7 years i traveled around and i i taught people uh, wealth dynamics and again it comes down to finding and and really working with people to find their flow mm. now the person in the world right now who's an expert on flow is a gentleman called dr mihaly shitskamahaly So okay. one of the things I'd ask our listeners to do is to go and and study flow a little bit. Now, the other component with wealth dynamics is it's the path of least resistance to your greatest wealth. Mm. Now, one of the things there is that different people have a different game that they're best to play. So someone like you, one of your games is the mechanic because you like to put things together, you 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 almost can solve puzzles, uh you're you're very good at that. And then you're also quite creative. and then you've also got this conservative side to yourself which would be sort of a lord that likes to systemize things mm. so we have a main profile and then we've got two sub profiles right. and then where the people who really do well in business is they can find people on their team that complement them so for you having someone who might be a, a supporter or a deal maker perhaps an accumulator or a trader mm. and then that would really allow your your team to go through the learning cycles of yes. communication the learning cycles of of scaling your business the learning cycles of being able to leverage either through systems or leverage through branding and so one of the things you've done with your partnering with success resources friends they've actually really helped with the the magnification so instead of you speaking to to four or five people you're speaking to five 500 or 5000 or 8000 yes. people mm. so that's where how partnerships can be very rich so in leaving uh, when I basically did the wealth dynamics it was really about uh, helping people understand their primary wealth dynamics profile and mm. then assist them to build their team me mm. as a deal maker i love putting the other deals and and maybe just one introduction can make a business go up two times or even five times and mm. that's something that i like to do and i've done it fairly well and that's one of the things i do, do right now uh in education and also in in funding of businesses and and working collaboratively with people now every business goes through a cycle it starts with an idea Mm-hmm. and then we go to a brand and then we go to a team and then we've got to be thinking about partnerships and then we start to get equity in the business mm-hmm. and this is when a business person goes from being a solopreneur to real entrepreneur is when they start to really think of their business as a saleable entity and that's what most will not do as entrepreneurship i would say mm-hmm. less than 20% of entrepreneurs will actually become entrepreneurs most of them will stay in solopreneurship Mm. Now if you can get to equity and then you start to accumulate assets then you start to really think about cash flow systems and then you put together a system that allows your business to duplicate. Now the way that this grows is on the one side the value is through innovation but also value can also become through timing. Uh-huh. And then the way to magnify or leverage your business is one to magnify with partners or systemize things that you're doing very well you're systemizing you're allowing the internet 
to leverage. You're allowing your, your, your content. You're, right now, you're collecting content that you're going to be able to leverage. That increases your brand value. And that's one of the things that I've noticed that you're doing very, very well, Sid. So continue doing that. And then if, yeah, if you're really going to look at, at having a, a business that can be saleable, that will take you in a whole new learning cycle. Mm. And these learning cycles are such a key component. And the faster you can go through learning cycles, the faster that you can go up and really step into your entrepreneur journey. Excellent. So just to reiterate, starting with an idea, then you turn it into a brand, put together the right team, make the right partnerships, and then the equity aspect, how do you make your business saleable? So do you walk through all these different steps as you're uh, coaching entrepreneurs, uh, you know, that on a one-to-one basis, right from cons- from the concept Absolutely. to to being it, uh, making it uh, a saleable company, a, a franchise model. Absolutely, absolutely. I do this whether I'm, I'm working with a, a business as a as a consultant or advisor to the business is what I'm doing with a number of schools right now. Mm, okay. uh, but I'm also like because I'm working with the the founders of the school. I do that with just a one session. I can do it in a, in a short workshop. Okay. Uh, three-hour workshop, one-day workshop, two-day workshop. I run these workshops in uh, in Malaysia and also in Bali this mm. these days. Okay. And as you've, you've seen some of them in India also, this is one of the underpinnings that we use so that the entrepreneur, the solopreneur has a roadmap. So mm. I, it's used as a roadmap so that they can also know what's the next step if they choose to really grow their business. And so that's what's really nice about it is there's this underlying roadmap. And one of the things I've even just started doing this year, mm. particularly with the women leaders that I'm working with, it's, it's assisting them with their own personal GPS system. Mm. Okay. Now, GPS, like most of us will know GPS because it's used for global positioning system. Yet yes. what I've done is I'm applying it a little bit differently for the entrepreneur who wants to guide not only their life, but their business, which is going to be based on G is for gratitude. Mm. And it's helping people have every day focused on what are they grateful for? Cause that makes them resourceful. The yes. P is about purpose and passion, which is an 18 month goal. Mm. And I like to put that as things that they like to do and love to do. And okay. if they have a list of things that they like to do and they love to do, and they can integrate it in their business, you can see how energized they're going to be, right? Yes. Because that's a pillar between today where you're grateful, the things that you like and love to do, and then you get other people to do things that they like and love to do. So Mm. that's the P, positioning. And then Mm. the S is service. And so you've got these three points. The service is out three years. Mm. In three years, Sid, who do you want to be really making a contribution to? Who do you really want to be making a difference for? Mm -hmm. And so if you've got your points, your GPS of gratitude, purpose, and passion, and service, uh, guiding you, guiding your business, guiding your enterprise, that's going to keep you resourceful. And it's going to allow you to really feel resourceful even when you have the tough times. And that's the beauty of the GPS calibration system that I've just started applying primarily with the women in their accountability coaching that I'm working on. Amazing. Great. So now taking this to the next level, I know you've been doing this thing called uh, soul journey adventures. And uh, this has always uh, you know, intrigued me a lot. I've not had the opportunity to, to travel with y'all, but I know that this has been uh, some transformational uh, you know journeys that you have taken entrepreneurs into how did this idea come up with and what is it exactly what do, what do entrepreneurs experience here that they wouldn't normally experience anywhere else 
Well, it, it, to be very honest with you, we started Soul Journeys Travel mm. using the scale of success, which I just told you about. There was okay. an idea. Okay. The idea was both the business partners like to travel. Could mm. we create really cool trips that people would pay to go, that we could get paid to go, and we would be able to learn and also go to the coolest places in the world? Mm. So that was the idea. Okay. The proven concept came was when we started to brand the first trip. The first trip we did was to Egypt. Mm. And what we did is when we thought about branding, what would be so cool about going to Egypt? Because there's so many trips to Egypt. So we actually thought about something that would be so cool to go to Egypt. And what we came up with, would it be cool to go to Egypt if you had a psychic along the tour? Mm. So that when you're going to the pyramids, you've got a psychic reading past lives and allowing you to have readings. And, and we were into sacred geometry and we're into all the sacred messaging and, 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 and the, the different types of divine wisdom. And so when we talked about this, we went out and, and, and reached into our network and found a psychic. And then mm. when you talk about brand, so here we had, we were able to come up with a one pager outlining the trip. It was going to be eight days. It was going to be Egypt. We're going to go to not only to the pyramids in Cairo, we're going to go down, we're going to go along the Nile. We're mm. going to allow people to, to Valley of the Kings, Valley of the Queens. We'd go down to Abydos and it was going to be an incredible trip. Mm. And then we needed to think about team. Well, the team that you need to have is a travel agent. So we called the travel agent. And mm. the funny thing is the guy who's travel agent is an accumulator profile. Okay. So my business partner, who's a star creator on one side, I'm a deal maker. So then we had an accumulator as part of our team. We called him up and said, we want to put this tour together. Can you assist us? And he goes, wow, this sounds so good. Can I go? <laughs> and so that was proven concept, SIDS. Mm. When you're talking to the travel company and the guy decides he wants to go to, so we had proven concept. We actually were able to sell about one third of the entire seats in the first two weeks, just sharing that this wow. is what we're going to be doing with people. Amazing. And so we got the money down. So this was a no money down business and we got cash flow. We were able to build it up. We got about 27 people coming on our first tour. Mm. And that was how Soul Journeys Travel really started, was a trip to Egypt. Wow. And then we've gone to, we, we, we look for themes in the world. So this time, then we also, we, we launched Asia's first spiritual cruise mm. off, off of a movie we made called the Dreamcatcher movie. We had about okay. 70 people join us on that one from China to Japan to Korea. And we had the, the stars of the movie join us for that soul journey. And then 2012 happened. There was a big event called the Mayan Prophecy Tour. So then we went to Mexico and we, we brought in some experts in energy and, and reading and reading people's heart chakras and, and really doing chakra work and, and energy work for people because these are things that people are very interested in, mm. particularly these days where so many people are in their head, they're finding that their heart is missing. And so a lot of the trips is based on energy. It's based on uh, the energy of the places we go to. So you go to Africa where there's some of the most richest energy vortices of the world. Table Mountain is a crystal mountain. If wow. you go there, it, it lights people up because there's just so much vibration. The air is just so clean and rich. And so different places have a different vibe. And what we're doing is we're inviting people to come. And then instead of hiding your experiences, to be triggered and then be able to have sacred circles, to be able to do meditation, to be able to do past life regressions, to be able to do healing. One of the big areas for me in the last five years has been something called transgenerational trauma therapy. 
Okay. Mm. So I can help people release negative karma that might be affecting their current life. And these are types of tools and skills and practices that get brought into it. Let me ask you a quick question. Mm. Right now, what do you think is the number one Googled question online? Uh, How to be happy? Very close. The question is, what is love? What is love? Okay. Yeah. This year's theme for the tour, which is which actually there's two spots available in September. We're leading a tour to Morocco, Mm. and it's the Power of Love tour. And so every day there will be a theme of love, love of food, love of dance, love of singing, love of art, love of charity, love of business. And so every day there will be a theme around love, and that will be the, the key theme, the undercurrent of the trip, the Power of Love tour to Morocco in September. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Wow. So is this like a once in a year or do, or do you do multiple trips in a year? We, again, again, because we've been looking to scale this business and this mm. is one beautiful thing is we traditionally have done one in September mm. and then we also sponsored a orphanage in Cambodia for over a decade. Okay. Now, one of the funny things about taking care of an orphanage is the kids grow up. So that orphanage no longer has any little kids anymore okay. because the lady who was keeping care of this orphanage is now 78. And so for 10 years, we were doing another small trip to Cambodia in January. Mm. So what we've done recently is, you know, we talk about the scale of success so that we're in equity right now. So Mm. we brought in a partner. We've actually done it once. It didn't work because this is a beautiful thing is that sometimes you bring in a partner, it doesn't work. Mm. So we wanted to scale the business so that soul journeys could find what are called pied pipers to lead tours because mm. we've got all of the systems we got the formats but we could work with celebrities we could work with people who can actually lead a tour but mm. we can provide the infrastructure to be able to do that and Fantastic. so we just engaged somebody absolutely brilliant lady from south africa to mm. lead the, the business and her okay. job is in the next year to run between four and six soul journeys Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm really looking forward to joining one of your upcoming uh, soul journeys. I'll keep, uh, we'll be in touch on that. That's amazing. So yeah, now when I look at it, uh, you know, I see that you have a very deep rooted uh, spiritual foundation to know your outlook on life and business. Uh, How did this come about? I'm just curious to know, was it something that you were brought up with in your, you know, upbringing? Or like you, you've been studying a lot on chakras, on different you know, cultures of the world on, and the spiritual side of it. So little, can you share a little bit about that? Actually, since yes, my spiritual journey started very, very, very young, mm. five years old. I remember okay. praying mm. five years old, playing sports. Before I play a sport, I would do a prayer for strength, for power, for wisdom, for clarity. And I just do a, a secret little cold, cold call to God. Mm. And it's funny. I remember at six years old, my, my teammates saying, what are you doing, Dave? I said, I'm doing a prayer. And they mm. say, oh, can we join you? And we actually created a sacred circle at six and seven years old wow. to do a prayer for our team to play well and to win. And then I remember at nine years old when one of my aunties died and mm. all of my aunties were crying and I went and had a good cry in my bed. But then I came back and I ta- started talking to the adults about death mm. and that death is something that we can be afraid of it or can we not honor our auntie that she's now our guide Mm. and she's actually like a star in our life. So I had this relationship with death. I had this relationship with, with a spirit that Mm. has been very strong my whole life. Now, when I went into banking, I I suppressed it a a wee bit 
It also got influenced by alcohol and partying and, and deviated a little bit from that. What that led me to was experiencing about three or four years in the dark side, what I call it. Mm. Yet it was very rich in experience, yet very detrimental to my health and very detrimental mm. to, to my well-being. Mm. So then when I came back into entrepreneurship, I did like to explore spirit. And spirit isn't necessarily religious. It's much more curiosity on the way that religion and spirituality has brought together. Now, mm. the funny thing is in university, I had to take two courses outside of my major, which was business and finance. Mm. And the two mm. courses I took was mysticism and okay. culture of the oppressed of the American, which was wow. about spirituality. Okay. So it, there's been this dream of, of spirituality. And so soul journeys allows us to go, when we go to Machu Picchu in Peru, we go and meet up with the shamans. When mm. we go to Egypt, we go and call up an Egyptologist. When we go to South Africa, we con contact a white shaman. Mm. So, and when I go to India, of course, I've had a beautiful opportunity to meet some wonderful teachers in India. Mm. And so when you ask about mentors and coaches, I love getting engaged with coaches, whether it's a spiritual coach, an IT coach, a, a social media coach, because mm. I get to learn from somebody who's passionate about what they're teaching. Correct. Mm. So that's what I tend to do in my journey. And I continue to, I, I, I have wonderful meetups with people about aligning the head and the heart. That's the big thing right now. Mm. It's consciousness. It's our heart. It's allowing that heart to be listened to, trusted, honored, and that's the part that with the United Nations right now, we do this unity and diversity. Mm. And when I went to India last time to do a talk for the United Nations, and, and it was just so beautiful because, again, India is famous for tolerance. Mm. Yet I guess I asked the people, can we move from tolerance to acceptance? Mm. It's a mm. shift. It's, it's a conscious shift. Tolerance yes. to acceptance. But then I challenged the group one more. For me, my challenge to me is to go from tolerance to acceptance to honoring mm. and i nice. love honoring people and that's the biggest shift in my life and since my son was born because mm. he has been a great mentor and teacher and coach for me mm. because he gives me a reflection like a mirror yes. and so in the past when i wanted to go meet all these famous people that you asked me who are my most famous mentors and i can list a whole list of people yeah. that i've studied with i yet i find today i love honoring people like you Thank people you. who are my teachers, people that I honor because you have, you're doing amazing things. And I'm, I'm, I have this sense of, of connection because you're speaking your truth. You're authentic. You're genuine. And that's what I find really very cool about my life right now mm. is that perhaps I've gone a little bit away from the Hollywood stardom mm. and now daily honoring people on their journey. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. It really means a lot. Mm. Yes. Mm. Super. So uh, it's, it's such an inspiring thing to know about your journey and how you've been connected with the spirit. And I think that's one of the other reasons uh, I'm able to relate with you too, because uh, when I've, uh, I've been spiritual from my childhood days and I, you know, the, even the little bit interaction that we've had, I've, I've felt a, a deeper connection with you than even people that I've known for many years, but, uh, but you know, it's just surface level. So I got that when I, when I actually experienced your training in Bangalore. So I have to acknowledge that uh, as well uh, at this point. Thank you, Dave, for, for being there and guiding me at that point. Yes, excellent. Thank you. Superb. So now let's uh, talk about your current projects. What are you working on now? 
and uh, you know, what's, what's really like your priority as far as your business and other projects are concerned? Well, education for the 21st century is a, is a fun one. It's a, awesome. a fun one that I've had the privilege of, of doing some work with the Center of Management with Akila Shahani and mm. the team, the Shahani team in, in Mumbai. It's been great to go up there and, and to, to share a little bit with the students who might be going to uh, abroad in their education. Mm. Uh, in Malaysia, the re-education, the 21st century, working with the founders of two international schools, Sri Mas and Dwi Mas, mm. going in and actually working with the teachers and teaching them, also wealth dynamics and teaching mm. them different types of entrepreneurship. It's a great environment. Their theme is to create an environment of a school where the teachers love to be there. And mm. so the founder knows that if the teachers are enthusiastic and curious, the students are going to find the environment great. So yes. I've been asked to go to teach the students. I, I've run a couple of programs, ca- hobbies into cash flow for the kids. Mm. And uh, we, we had teaching the children how to make money online. Mm. And whether it's a, a little site on uh, doing some Canva design or, or some, some translation or some uh, different types of creativity, making T-shirts or food. Or, and it's just so brilliant to, to get in front of the kids and to work with them. So uh, Hobbies in the Cash Flow is a program that I've been running. Nice. And then, again, working with the founders as they direct because there's huge demand for really good, engaging education. And this mm. entrepreneur, it's the first school in in Malaysia for entrepreneurs and the kids age six to 17 get an opportunity to be uh, mentored and, and work not only on their regular curriculum, yet also mm. have an undercurrent of entrepreneurship in what they're exposed to. So it's something that I'm very excited about because I do love collaboration. I love learning because again, can you imagine teaching a bunch of young kids mm. uh, some entrepreneurship and then they come back next week and how much you get to learn from them. So uh, yes. that's one of the reasons why I imagine you're loving what you're doing too, is yes. that the, often the teacher gets to learn so much from the students. Absolutely. In fact, this topic is also very close to my heart because uh, being in the technology space, I'm also looking at the various changes happening in the world, you know, like automation taking over, artificial intelligence taking on. Uh, We know that, uh, you know, most of the traditional jobs as we know it is not going to be there 10 years from now. Uh, And which means, uh, I mean, what you're doing right now is, is, uh, I think, the need of the hour, getting children ready for the future. Uh, not in the conventional way of thinking, but but to think on their own to be able to create uh, you know value to the society uh, using what were skills that they have, and entrepreneurship is the way to go. So, what's what's your take on that? I'm sure since you're in the education space, you've been doing a lot of research on where the world is heading in 2025, 2030. What's what are your top two, three well, points that come up? It's it, it's interesting, since on mm. that. I let, I really, that's not my passion. I've mm. got friends and I've got collaborative partners, futurist people who like the, the founder of the school Anne mm. and her sister, Melinda, two sisters from Penang. Mm. Anne's amazing because she's been in, in education for 30 years. So they seeing Finland as being a leader in certain areas of education. Mm. So she goes off to Finland. She meets the people in Finland and she does a collaboration to start a little school with the Finnish and Malaysian partners. Mm. And so that's the part that I really like about being part of the team is that mm. she's really looking at the future trends. Whereas where I really get excited is actually I get excited by doing some of the trainings with the kids mm. and actually playing some of the games. Okay. So that's where my heart gets really lit up is mm. actually the doing, the playing 
And the team, I know that it's being guided by an incredible leader. That's the part that I like about my role now as an advisor or, or as a, a coach mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I get to be involved in these beautiful projects that I'm not the person who's got to be the, the, the biggest head and the smartest person. Mm-hmm. I've got areas that I know that I love. I love the coaching. I love sitting down with these ladies and, and, and assisting them with, with some of their strategies. Yes. And so a big part that I've invested in myself is, is I've embraced this idea that in many ways I am about strategic project management. Mm-hmm. And so as and I've, I've upgraded myself in project management in the last two years is also that when you're running a business, projects that you're doing need to have some strategic project management focus so that means the steps, the working back, to be able to get, make sure the projects are well resourced, they're Absolutely. measured, they're milestones. And that's the part that I'm really finding. My coaching has gone up to a whole new degree because that's an area that I'm also a part of a big movement, which is called the International Institute of Professional Consultants, Amazing. assisting consultants to be more effective in running their businesses. So, so that's how my, my life is right now, that I don't need to do everything, I, but there's parts that I really love. And as you can hear from me, that's where me being part of different teams is, is really exciting. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Superb. So uh, any resources that you would like to share or recommend for inspiration, you know, for entrepreneurs, any top two or three resources that has inspired you a lot, which you would you know, recommend for our listeners out here? Well, actually, it's, it's, I did write down a few, all right, because okay. there is, <laughs> I'm giving you a plug here because I did do my little homework with, when you sent that question. So I, I think everyone should definitely be taking a look at your social media page. Okay. I'm planning to go through it a lot more and to be able to uh, see all the fun things you're doing because that's the part that I really find my life is, is rich these days because mm. often the people that I'm, I'm finding that I'm, I, I am learning and inspired by are people that I know. And I really love that. Another one is Addicted to Success, Joel Brown. Yes. Um, yes. I had the privilege of going on an uh, a consciousness retreat okay. by a dear friend, uh, uh, Lee Kim, in, in Malaysia. And mm. Joel was just starting out. He was, he, was, he was doing really well with Addicted to Success. But just watching him over the last two years and the interviews he's done, wow, just amazing. And I've wow. done, actually, I collaborated in a, on a couple of events with him. Just a fantastic guy. And what he does online is really great. Uh, he's doing his first tour right now in, in Australia. Awesome. And I think those would be the two that have inspired me. I'm doing YouTubing these days, I'm, but I'm learning the podcast model in America is probably not like the podcast model in Southeast Asia, for instance. Yet mm. I do enjoy, for me, just because of the nature of the physicality and also some of the learning, uh, Joel Rogan's bro- uh, podcast, yes. Tim Ferriss's podcast. Mm. Um, and the last one I just sort of put in here was, um, again, this idea of using LinkedIn more effectively, Facebook more strategically, and mm. TED Talks strategically are yes. just the, the last little uh, inspiration or recommendation that I, I wanted to share today. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Dave. All, all valuable resources. Definitely. These are uh, what I, I dig into every week. Uh, all of these, at least uh, more than 70% of what you mentioned here. Awesome. So Beautiful. as we come to the end, uh, you know, we have just two more questions, which is at the back of my mind is uh, the first sure. one. Uh, what is the biggest uh, you know, mistake to avoid as an entrepreneur who's possibly just started on the journey or been on the journey for a while, not seeing results? Uh, what should we keep in mind? It's funny. Uh, you asked the question. I, mm-hmm. I like the question. In fact, I like it so much that two years ago, 
I got together with a wonderful mechanic, the corporate mechanic, Todd Hutchinson from Perth, okay. who is an amazing collaborative partner. Mm. And, and Mike Hancock, another great partner, Rock Your Life. Mm. And we actually asked the number one mistake that entrepreneurs make. Mm. And so we went through things that you might think about. And we came up with is that people, the, make, the biggest mistake is they don't know themselves. Uh, and so what happens is they overcompensate and they become the best at everything in the business. And so they never really learn to delegate. And so for an entrepreneur to really be successful, they've really got to learn how to be the least smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so bringing on attracting great team members who are actually better than you at the five different things, as opposed to you always being the best at everything and therefore can never delegate, can never trust, can never really allow you to develop as a human being. Mm-hmm. And so the and number one mistake that entrepreneurs makes is they do not know themselves. And in many ways they want to remain the smartest person in the room. Mm. And so if you're going to grow a business, you grow yourself as somebody who is part of a team that allows, if you wanted the metaphor of the sporting team, is you allow the strikers to be the best strikers, the midfields to be the best midfielders, mm. the defenders to be the best defenders, and the goalkeeper to be the best goalkeeper. You do not go and be the best player in all of the positions, yes. or you'll never really grow a Amazing. In fact, uh, How's that you know, for an answer, Sids? perfect. That's, that's an amazing answer. And I'm able to correlate this, uh, you know, with an analogy, which I recently was reading uh, that, uh, you know, many times we like to be the, like in, the, in a chess game, you know, many times we want to be the king or the queen or the bishop, but uh, the real entrepreneurs are the ones who are the board themselves and they create a board for the players to, to play a game that's worth winning. And uh, I'm totally able to relate with uh, your number one mistake to avoid is uh, the aspect of getting pe- people smarter than you. And I think that was Henry Ford's formula as well. When I was just uh, uh, thinking about different things that he was saying, uh, he always had people better than him on his team. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for that, uh, Dave. That right. was a very valuable insight. So on a more lighter note, how do you plan your day? How do you plan your week? You must be doing multiple projects. You have packed uh, travel schedules, training schedules. Uh, what's, what's your day like? How do, you, how do you manage your time? I love the Sunday okay. planning day where I have my journal. And I, mm. just, I love planning a week in advance, a month in advance, mm. and just really allowing it to be a bit of a game Mm. and again having that key time the dave me time Mm. which tends to be a good two to three hour block Mm. just to really allow me to have the flexibility if i want to put some meetings in there i can yet that is the time that goes into my scheduling for the week first Mm. and so whether i want that early time i want that mid time i want that the evening time and i've also got some themes that i tend to to bunch in my coaching on Mondays. Mm. I tend to look at funding opportunities on Tuesdays. Mm. I look at new projects on Wednesdays. I look at the accounts and accountability. A big word that I'm using these days is accountability. People Mm. want accountability. And I'm a very, I like helping people with their accountability to find the the way that it works best for them. Mm. And then my Friday tends to be a people day 
where I'll mm-hmm. stack meetings for people oriented things. So those Excellent. are the themes that I tend to put in, in, a, in a light overview of my, my, my week. And the Sunday is when I sort of have fun putting it in and just filling up the schedule if I want to have a full schedule or travel plans. And I, I tend to what's, I tend to what's create what's called stack days. Mm-hmm. So it has like a stacking. I might have six or seven coaching sessions in one day. It's a okay. stack day. Very okay. good. Very good clarity. Very easy to take action. Awesome. Very good tips. I think I'll need to start organizing my week uh, with this formula that you've shared and just tweak it uh, to my setting here. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for that, Dave. Beautiful. And You're okay, welcome. so uh, on the on a fun side, uh, what kind of fun stuff do you like to do with your family? Uh, besides all the work, how do you? What's your best form of unwinding? Any specific uh, rituals or preferences? Uh, the funniest one for me is nature walks. Nice. I live right next to a nature reserve, mm. so when I go out, it could be at five thirty in the morning. It could be at six thirty in the morning. It could be in the middle of the night. My nature walks with. And we have monkeys, we've got monitor lizards, we've mm. got uh, squirrels, we've got lots of wildlife there. And it's just mm. so beautiful. It's so serene. And I really love my nature walks. Um, the Soul Journey travel plans is, is a lot of fun because that's very much figuring out the latest cool meditations or soundings or tonings that can assist me during my meditation that mm. I can share with people. Mm. I love writing and I love building businesses in sports. I've started playing badminton again, which is a, just a brilliant exercise sport. Mm. And with my son, I've started playing some tennis. So those are sort of the things that I get to play with here in Singapore. It's, it's a beautiful place to go out. And if I want to have a half day for Dave, I can go to Sentosa and, and do some writing by the seaside mm. and I can go to a nature reserve. I can pop over to Joe Baru. So mm. it's very, very nice to, to be centered here. Superb, superb. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, there was a ton of information. I'm sure all your listeners out there, you've got a lot of value on all aspects, on life, on business, on scaling, and uh, lots of words, words of wisdom through your practical experience and the life that you've, uh, that you've lived. And uh, I really have to, I appreciate you for taking off this time. So where can people find you? What would you like them to do now? Is there any website that I can point them towards or any specific project uh, you want me to point them towards? I would say, what, ask them to meet me at uh, Facebook uh, at Coach Dave Rogers. I think okay. I've just I've been asked to put a new Facebook because my again, my personal one's full. So somebody just asked me, I've got about 700 people I should be moving over to uh, uh, at Coach Dave Rogers. Okay. Um, what I put today on for anyone who listens to it is I did a recording because I taught my son how to invest in stocks when he was 11 years old. Mm. And he did quite well with his stock portfolio. Okay. And in this, it actually is a recording where they can go through the process of picking a very simple little stock portfolio that mm. will help them be a better entrepreneur. Nice. There's a little bit of quantum physics in there. There's a little bit of string theory in there. Okay. And there's a lot of fun to allow an entrepreneur or a solopreneur to use equities, stock investing, whether mm. they put in just the energy to study or the actual money to actually be taught and mentored by the best business minds in the world. So mm. they, can, they can have a little look at this little recording I have on at Coach Dave Rogers on Facebook. 
And okay. I just put it up a couple of days ago that uh, some of our listeners might find that to be very, very sure. useful. And I'd love to get some feedback from you if you, if you have a chance, if you're interested in stocks, because it was a sure. fun and it is a very cool tool to use for entrepreneurs. Thank you so much, Dave. I will actually put up the link, uh, you know, on this blog post below. So all your listeners, if you're listening to this on my blog, I have a few links there. You can go and get your copy from uh, from Dave's website. Excellent. So we have come to the end Super. of this podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Dave. Once again, it's been inspiring. It's been, uh, you know, uh, got a bunch of ideas. And I really wish you, you know, from the bottom of my heart that may your work continue to inspire uh, thousands of entrepreneurs across the world. And uh, I'm just uh, trying to follow in your footsteps uh, and, and you know, go through this journey myself and pass this, uh, pass this knowledge to other people using social media. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you, Sid. It's a real pleasure. Continue your awesome work and all the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you found this podcast informative and useful to your life. And if so, please share this. Please share this on social media. Send this link via email to other people, your family or your friends who you think will benefit from this information. Okay. Now, I have a special gift for you because I've been working on uh, various different projects. And one of the things that I've been able to implement in my life is building a business that's 100% virtual. Okay. And I put that down in the form of a mind map which I want to give it away to you and explain to you the principles the 12 principles by which I've been able to build a business 100% virtual working from home and scaling and growing my business across the world so if you want to get your hand on that mind map just go to my website link which is siddharthrajshikar.com s-i-d-d-a-r-t-h-r-a-j-s-e-k-r.com forward slash virtual dash business Okay, so siddharthrajshikar.com forward slash virtual dash business. You can just go to my website and there's a free download section there. Go and get your hands on the mind map and learn the principles of building and scaling a business that's 100% virtual. Wish you all the best.